The Child Online Safety Act passes in the South Carolina House of Representatives. What does it do? We'll go through the bill. Anne Hathaway tells us we need to dispose of the myth of heteronormativity. A pro-life demonstrator faces up to 11 years in prison for violating the FACE Act. A Catholic university invites an abortion doula to speak at their graduation. And Canada is moving to delay euthanasia. It's a busy Wednesday on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Yeah, it's a pretty busy day uh, inside the state of South Carolina and across the world. It's the Palmetto Family Matters Show, strongest, fastest-growing conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. Justin Hall, Mitch Prosser here with you. Uh, the world is burning. Uh, and all I know is we didn't start the fire. I've been told that Ryan started the fire with a cheesy yes. pita. Yes. Uh, if you don't know the reference, shame on you. It's Wednesday, January 31st in the year of our Lord, 2024. Ding, ding. And we have a lot to get to, and we start with House Bill 3424. Now, we discussed this on multiple occasions. If you remember, we discussed this bill when it was passed in Utah. This bill, and I have it in front of me, formerly nicotine-stained hands, not really. Um, I, I have you promise. ever held a cigarette? No. Okay. Not no. like not to smoke, but just like held one? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've had family members that smoke. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Give me did, my smokes. That did. That I did hold one. Um, <laughs> but you did not inhale. <laughs> right. I'm like Kamala Harris. Oh, oh my gracious. Yeah. Okay, so House Bill 3424 is the Child Online Safety Act. Let's just be very simple here. This bill would require websites that host at least 33% adult material or content that is harmful to minors, material harmful to minors, uh, you would have to, the website would be required to put up a reasonable age verification system. Now, this is passed in Utah, Louisiana, Texas, and other places. This is a very simple action. If you are going to provide this sort of material, now, I am on the record, and I will stay on the record, as no one should be uh, inundated with this material at all. You shouldn't be partaking in this activity. It is wrong. It is depraved. And if you are, if you are, please. Get help. Get help. Pornography destroys lives. Correct. And Not so, only the life of the person viewing it, and we always target men on this, but... Sadly, the reality is is that women are yep. viewing pornography at Absolutely. record levels, not nearly as much as men, but they are, and the lives of the people around you are destroyed. It destroys Correct. your relationships, it destroys your view of intimacy, it destroys the lives of the children around you, and all this bill does, Justin, is say, kids shouldn't look at it, and we're putting the onus on the manufacturers, or not the manufacturers, but the websites to say, make sure kids don't see your awful content. Now... I will tell you that in Utah, once it was passed, uh, Pornhub, the largest provider of pornography, completely pulled their services out of Utah. And if they'd like to do that once the Senate passes and the governor signs, God bless you. Same was- thing in Virginia, same thing in Texas. Now, this bill that I hold in my right hand, and you can't see that because we're audio only today. We got big news coming, or if you, if you want to see the, we yeah. got big news coming on Friday. So, there's... The bill in my hand passed unanimously in the House Judiciary Subcommittee. Yes. 5-0. Check. It passed in the full Judiciary Committee with minimal debate. 
20 to nothing. Check. On the House floor, we were told that issues were raised in subcommittee and full committee, but they weren't addressed. And I would like to say, as somebody who attended both subcommittees and was watching the full committee... Justin, don't be, don't be shy. You helped shepherd the bill. I never once heard anyone say anything against this bill. And for somebody to stand at the well and have the temerity, the unmitigated gall, to stand at the well of the House of Representatives of the great state of South Carolina and advocate against this legislation beyond party line... I'm used to it when it comes to abortion issues. I'm used to it when it comes to transgender issues. I'm used to it when it comes to welfare and hate crimes and taxation. But this is not partisan. Clearly demonstrated by the vote today. The vote, full house, 104 to 1. And we will raise questions of uh, of the one later. So so I, I have to give props to a couple of people here. Uh, and let me say it this way: I am very grateful for Chairman Weston Newman, Newton of mm-hmm. the uh, the House Judiciary Committee, yep. the Subcommittee Chairman uh, Representative Jay Jordan, mm-hmm. and the author, sponsor, shepherd of this bill, Representative Travis Moore of Spartanburg. Yep, our hats off to you, sir. Absolutely, uh, a warrior on this issue. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want more, he's got more. There the Palmetto go. family has been with him. Uh, as as much as we possibly can, helping him with the crafting of this legislation, helping support him, helping gather, gather sponsors for this legislation, and there's more coming. But he went to the well today, Justin. He says this, and we're, we're going to have him on the show so, soon to talk about it. Mm-hmm. He went to the well today with a speech prepared, thanking everyone for their support of the bill. And he went to the well after... As you said, the temerity and unmitigated gall of those who claimed it, remember one. once again of one of one, and there were a couple others that wanted to obfuscate, that wanted well, to draw outside the picture, draw typical. outside the the the, um, the lines, and you know that's your prerogative. You represent the the constituency that elected mm-hmm. you. So he goes to the well with a speech, and I can watch him. I'm sitting in the gallery. We're texting back and forth, and. Uh, I guess that's kind of a weird flex, but whatever. Um, and he basically shrugs his shoulders on the speech he was about to give and says, you know, honestly, I had no idea right. that so many of you, or really a couple of you, yep. were going to pose such a challenge to this bill. Without saying wagging his finger and saying shame on you, his words for the next 10 minutes were the strongest, most concise, most passionate, and well-articulated argument for why parents should be involved in the lives of their children that I have heard from that well in quite some time. And why the state has compelling interest in protecting minors from this harmful material. Easy. And yet, right, this should be um, Shaquille O'Neal slam dunking on my nine-year-old. Yep. It should be that simple. It was in subcommittee. It was and full committee. Check and check. And was honestly, honestly on the floor today. But there are those who make crude jokes and they think they've got a wry sense of humor. And it's 
disturbing. And that's all I'm going to say, because I told you before we went on uh, the show today that we were going to let it breathe and I was going to give it a little time. It's disturbing to me. And whether or not you think it's funny that children are being destroyed by pornography or not, whether you yourself look at it as an adult or not, is not, is not, let me say it one more time, is not okay. Right. Okay. Uh, off soapbox. Done. So the bill did pass uh, by a vote of 104 to 1. And by the way, that's a slam dunk. That's heading to the Senate. I, um, I really hate for the one who was dunked on today. Yeah, the one got posterized. Uh, another bill passed shortly after that, House Bill 4700. We'll get into this at another time. Uh, this bill also sailed through House Judiciary Subcommittee and Full Committee, and it really sailed on the floor. Uh, this bill would require social media companies, Meta, X, formerly known as Twitter, TikTok, others, to require age verification for minors to have an account on their platform, and that would require, if you are a minor, the express consent of a parent or a guardian in order to obtain that account on that platform. Wait a second. So this bill actually encourages or enforces websites, social media companies, to do what they say they're already doing? Correct. They say they're already doing it, so we're just going to enforce it. Uh, By the way, (laughs) that bill passed 105 to 1. The one is the same one. Someone got dunked on again? The one is the same one. I like how... And I, I am I am handcuffing myself at this point because I really want to talk about it, and I'm abstaining I like how this. you threw the paper down like Thank that. You. You're going to see on Friday, we've got a new setup. Thank you. Um, It's pretty nice. Yeah, I like it. It's comfy. All right. Things that aren't comfortable. Even. We've got a couple of national stories and an international story that we want to get to uh, with you today on, on the Wednesday version of the program. By the way, uh, our show, as always, brought to you by I Believe SC. IBelievesc.net is where you can go to get your I Believe license plate. Those license plates are funded by Christians from across the state all denominations supporting this effort. If you want to have an I Believe license plate and share it with the folks on the road, you can do it. I believe sc.net. This according to the Daily Wire, uh, Leif LeMahieu, that's a great name, six pro-lifers were found guilty on Tuesday after the Biden administration charged them over a peaceful protest at a Tennessee abortion facility in 2021. The pro-life activists were accused by the Department of Justice of violating the FACE Act and civil rights conspiracy for a protest that took place in a hallway outside of a Mount Juliet abortion provider on March 5th, 2021. On that day, a group of demonstrators gathered on the second floor of an office building in the hallway outside of the Carafem Health Center Clinic. The group prayed, sang hymns, and urged women to showing up to the clinic not to get abortions. Those on trial included Chet Gallagher of Tennessee, Coleman Boyd of Mississippi, Heather Idani of Michigan, Cal Zastro of Michigan, Paul Vaughn of Tennessee, and Dennis Green of Virginia. All six defendants were found guilty on both accounts. Uh, both counts. They are expected to have sentencing in July. The conspiracy charge can be punished by up to uh, ten and a half years in prison, three years of supervised release, and fines of up to $260,000, while the FACE Act charge, again, they all six were found guilty on both charges, the FACE Act charge, which is a federal 
charge that uh, is, and, and we'll get into that. We've gotten into that before, but yep. we'll briefly touch on it. Uh, that can lead to up to one year in prison and a $10,000 fine. So these six individuals, because they sat outside of a uh, an abortion clinic and peacefully protested the fact that women were going to have their children killed, are facing charges under the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, which was passed in the Bill Clinton administration in the 90s. Uh, they're facing up to as many as 11 and a half years in prison and as much as $270,000 fine per person. Did they break the law according to the law? As it is written. As it is written, they did. Now, here's my question. Where is the Department of Justice with those who burned buildings in 2020? Where is the Department of Justice when the FBI raids a Catholic father's home and hauls him away at gunpoint in front of his wife and his children. Where's the Department of Justice there? Where's the Department of Justice when pro-life advocates are harassed and assaulted outside of abortion clinics as they're on a public sidewalk counseling women not to go have their children murdered? Where Where's the Department of Justice there? What I will tell you is the Department of Justice is not seeking to charge equally justice and lady justice is supposed to be blind in our society in our country right now lady justice is having the blindfold kind of pulled up a little bit so she can see out of one eye just to make sure you're one of those crazy christians if you're one of the crazy christians then you can be charged the verdict was delivered on the fifth day of the trial one of the government's key witnesses was Caroline Davis, a woman who was arrested with the group at Carafim. Uh, during her testimony, Davis claimed that she had a change of heart about attending the protest and that her rational side was in the toilet at the time of her participation. She said that she changed her mind over time and that being indicted by the federal government terrified her. A uh, video of the demonstration showed the group. Are you ready for this, Mitch? Oh this group of people had the temerity, the unmitigated gall, <laughs> that's my words of the day, to sing songs like Holy, Holy, Holy and Onward Christian Soldiers, while others showed members of the group talking to police. Another video showed one participant telling another to speak in love to a man with his girlfriend who had shown up at Carafim and that somebody's, quote, baby is a gift from God. Well, how dare they? Well, I mean, how dare they? I don't understand what we're doing here. What exactly is the plan? Because, like Zastro said, one of the men who was charged, this is just normal Christianity. This is just what Christians do. We show up, and we read the scriptures, and we pray with and for people. So what is one to do? What is one to do? In fact, uh, we can give you an update. Remember the young man, or the gentleman who... Um, who decapitated a satanic statue inside the Iowa State Capitol. Remember that? Michael Cassidy, a U.S. Navy vet. He's being charged for hating Satan. Yep. Polk County prosecutors in Iowa are charging Michael Cassidy with felony third-degree criminal mischief, and they note that the act he committed was, quote, committed in violation of individual rights under Iowa's hate crime statute. That's right. Michael Cassidy is being charged with committing a hate crime against Satan. No. -uh. He's being charged with a hate crime against Satan. No. -uh. See, and that's that's what those who 
want hate crimes laws in states. By the way, we are only one of only two states that don't have it. There's a federal statute for this. We have encouraged people for years to expand their notion and thought on what they would encourage to be called a hate crime. If you think that speech could be hateful and charged as a hate crime, then hello, wake up. Right. Iowa has now, and I'm just, I'm going to guess that it's been tried other times. I'm sure. Whether you agree with what this man did or not, it is apparent, Mm -hmm. it is clear that your Christian, can you imagine if a Satanist did this to um, a a house of worship, a, a Jewish house of worship, a, well. Weren't churches burned in 2020? I'd have to go back and look. Am I crazy? And by the way, Am I forgetting this? If, a, if a church is burned, shame on you. No matter no matter the church, no matter the denomination, shame on you. I mean, my concern is hate crimes are used. The, the idea, the notion of hate crimes are so often used as a vehicle to come after people that we disagree with. It's not about racial lines. And some may think it is. You know, what the idiot did in Charleston in 2015 is so stupid and wrong, and, and I'm, I'm hedging on using other words, and and hateful for that matter, that he, he should experience the judgment, the full measure of and weight of judgment under the law. Right. That's what I'll say. And there's nothing that a hate crime would do to, or the penalty of a hate crime would do to stop that. But when a pastor speaks the truth of God's word, whether he does it in love or not, and then that is used against him or against the person who reposts it on their social media account as potentially hateful and violent. Mm-hmm. I mean, hello, Palmetto family. Our, 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 we were deplatformed right. from a ticketing website four months ago because our event, according to Eventbrite's code of conduct, was considered hate- hateful, dangerous, and violent. It's happening because we said that a boy's a boy and a girl's a girl, and we had a young lady who through her personal experience and her brave story and testimony, said the exact same thing. Right. And that's hateful? Apparently. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Not only that, this from the the Catholic University of America. The Catholic University of America has dismissed one of its professors for bringing an abortion advocate to class to speak to students. A Tuesday email from the school's president, Peter Kilpatrick, obtained by uh, the Catholic News Association, said that the school began an investigation last week after learning of reports of an abortion advocate being invited to a class. The president said the school also learned that the student had an audio recording of the class in question. The Daily Signal, which obtained and released a copy of the recording last week, identified the psychology professor as Melissa Goldberg. 
Goldberg's faculty page was no longer available as of Tuesday afternoon. So, according to the Daily Signal, Goldberg invited Rachel Carbono to the class on January 23rd. Carbono, the founder and CEO of the Doula Company Family Ways. Doula is just a new agey word for midwife. Midwife? Yeah. Okay. Uh, spoke to the class about working with women who have elective abortions and abortions that are for medical reasons. Now, I'm just going to put this out there. I'm not Catholic. But my understanding of the Catholic teaching says that they don't agree with abortion. By and large, unless you're the president of the United States. Well, you have the political folks who say, well, I'm Catholic, but not when I'm a politician. But the Catholic teaching says that life begins at conception and is valuable and cannot be terminated because that's murder. Doulas are most commonly associated with providing emotional and physical support to women prior to, during, and after birth. Discussing abortions, Carbono said in the recording that the, quote, goal for a lot of providers is to try to perform the abortion before the baby's nerve endings are formed. So mm. the goal is to do it at a time when the baby is not going to feel any pain. Mm. Well, wait, why would they feel pain? If the goal is to do it when they don't feel pain, if it's not a human, then how would it fe- ever feel pain? And how would it grow to the point where it can feel pain? How about the goal is to keep the child alive? There are a lot of... Uh, excuse me. She's going to continue. Uh, <laughs> she also discussed what she called the, quote, risk to the birth, birthing person, including, quote, a risk of hemorrhage and a risk of a baby that's not going to survive. Well, that is increased when you try to abort the child. And the conversation to have with her older children about why she's pregnant and now there's no more baby. We're just... We're just pulling the veil back on all of it, aren't we? We're just not even trying to hide the ball anymore. There are a lot of pieces to the puzzle emotionally and socially. When asked by a student to expand on her use of the term birthing person, Carbono said that she works with clients who identify as transgender. Birthing person is a term transgender advocates often use to avoid gendered language, such as woman or mother. So this woman, this uh, Rachel Carbono who facilitates child sacrifice, um, went to was invited to a Catholic university, a Catholic university, to promote how to, quote, and I'm quoting here, lovingly and caringly dispose of living children who, who's, whose mothers don't want them anymore. That's where we are now. Let's go to Canada next. This is actually a rare piece of good news. Canada's health minister, Mark Holland, announced yesterday, or two days ago a, a delay of the Trudeau government's uh, plan to expand eligibility for euthanasia to those suffering from mental illness. The Trudeau government had already delayed the expansion by a year previously, and now in a joint parliamentary committee's report indicating unresolved issues, they're preparing to delay once again. The expansion was scheduled to take place on March 17th, Holland stated that the country was, quote, not yet ready. A dissenting report by conservative legislators described the expansion as reckless and dangerous and called on the government to abandon it entirely. Now, Canada has um, already allowed for assisted suicide or euthanasia. Um, They're trying to expand that. Over the past several years, Canada's euthanasia regime... Regime, he said, has become international an international cautionary tale, with a nonstop string of horror stories making headlines around the world. Poor people opting for euthanasia due to lack of housing, veterans being offered assisted suicide in lieu of treatment for PTSD, 
sick Canadians requiring lethal injections because they can't get the health care they need. Euthanasia is being proactively offered in many Canadian hospitals, and in 2022, 13,200 Canadians died by state-sanctioned and funded lethal injection. Over 4% of recorded deaths in Canada in 2022 were state-sanctioned and state-funded lethal injections. Now, the backlash to the Trudeau government's planned expansion has grown. Conservative uh, MP Ed Fast put forward Bill C-314 last year, which would have banned euthanasia for mental illness. It was voted down, although new, the New Democrats and eight liberals broke rank uh, in that vote. Conservative leader Pierre Polivier uh, has condemned the expansion, and conservative MPs have gone on the road across the country hosting town halls in which they've talked about the dangers this poses to the mentally ill. Canada's Supreme Court overturned criminal prohibitions on assisted suicide in Carter v. Canada in 2015, and the Canadian Parliament passed Bill C-14, which legalized so-called medical aid in dying for adults with enduring and intolerable suffering and a reasonably foreseeable death the following year. So, really quick. I want to make sure we understand this. In Canada, it is already legal that if you have endurable and intolerable suffering, I don't know what the bar for that is, mm-hmm. and there's a reasonably foreseeable death. You want me to let you? You want me to lay you in on a little secret here? Gather in close friends. Gather in tight around the fire. Um, Uncle Justin's got a word for you. <laughs> Everyone has a reasonably foreseeable death. I just looked this up. New study: one out of every one person dies. It's appointed for man once to, to die. die. And then judgment. Yeah. People who are pushing this, be scared of that judgment. One out of every one dies. Everyone has a reasonably foreseeable death. But this was initially put forward for folks who were having uh, insufferable pain. So uh, a, a litany of issues, right? You're in a car accident and you're, uh, you know, your, your legs have been shattered and there, there are a litany of opportunities for you to say, well, I'm going to deal with intolerable and insufferable pain, endurable suffering for the rest of my life. I can't go on like this. Go ahead and inject me with the drugs. Canada and Justin Trudeau's government, and it's not, don't you dare say he's Fidel Castro's son. Don't you dare say that. Mm-hmm. They want to expand this to say that, well, if you're dealing with mental health issues, then it's okay. Where does that stop? It doesn't. That's a culture of death. And the culture of death doesn't stop until everything is dead. Well, we've lived in a death cult for some time. But Canada, man. Yeah. It's worse than here. Yeah, it it, it fascinates... Well, that's not the right word. It amazes me how few people can actually see the detriment being done. We've worked on some bills Mm -hmm. and public awareness on end-of-life issues. Right. You know, doctor-assisted, family-assisted suicide is right around the corner uh, for many states. This isn't... This is no longer just Dr. Kevorkian in Oregon. This stuff is is being bantered about as if it's candy to a child in multiple states across the United States. Mm -hmm. Yes, Canada's a step ahead of us on this, the concern is is what defines mental illness, what defines all of these things under the current statute in Canada, and how long before others pick this up. Uh, listen, a person is a person. No matter how small. Yeah. Dr. Seuss can tell us this. Mm-hmm. They have a right to life. 
because they're image bearers of a creator. Regardless of their quote-unquote mental capacity. And I would say this, and I know someone's going to come back on me about what I said a couple minutes ago about a, a particular young man that went to Charleston. He, too, is an image bearer, even though he went outside the bounds of what God's calling creation is. So, a person with a mental condition, a handicap, handicapable, uh, autism, Down syndrome, um, clinically diagnosed disorders, <laughs> they still have a right to life. Right. And... Who are you to say what their quality of life, um, mental state, and happiness are? I know plenty of people on the spectrum who are just thrilled to be alive today, regardless of what you have to say about it. Mm-hmm. So, for all of you out there who's like, well, you know, whatever, shut up. Fair. <laughs> it's, it's that kind of day today, Justin. Fair. All it's right. That, <laughs> hey, gloves are off, man. By the way... I didn't mention this at the top, uh, but currently, currently inside the United States Senate, uh, lawmakers are questioning uh, big tech CEOs He's over child safety on. issues on social media platforms. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg has been grilled by uh, Senator Josh Hawley and now Senator Marsha Blackburn, quote, it appears that you're trying to be the premier sex trafficking site in this country, Oof. end quote, from Senator Blackburn. Uh, so again, while things are happening here in South Carolina on this issue, Federal government's beginning to take he, uh, notice of this as well. He's not wearing the V-neck today. No, he's not. He's wearing a tie. Taking good for him. He's, he's, uh, the computer algorithm told him that he was growing out his hair today, so he's actually growing out the hair as well. Uh, last thing on the program today, Anne Hathaway. Now, Anne Hathaway is a Hollywood darling. She is, um, I, I mean, she's been in, 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 a, lot, in a lot of films. Um, if you look at uh, just movies, uh, you're talking about The Devil Wears Prada, Princess Diaries, Interstellar, The Intern, Ocean's Eight, Dark Knight Rises, uh, the movie Get Smart, the new the new Get Smart, um, Les Mis. Uh, she's been in a ton of movies. Yeah. Um, very popular amongst the, uh, I, I guess my generation probably more so than any. Uh, really, really loved Anne Hathaway, but Anne Hathaway has become insufferable. Here she was speaking at the Human Rights Campaign uh, just a day ago, or two days ago, and here's what she had to say about the uh, LGBTQIA plus ampersand division sign tilde movement. What I love most about this community is the way you own the alphabet. L-G-B-T-T-Q-Q-I-A-A-P. No letter left behind. No. For real. What I love about this community is the freedom. The freedom that comes with being yourself. All of yourself. I love the energy, the activism, the generosity, the light, the shade. The fun. I love the dignity that accompanies self acceptance. 
It is important to acknowledge that, with the exception of being a cisgender male, everything about how I was born has put me at the current center of a damaging and widely accepted myth. That myth is that gayness orbits around straightness, transgender orbits around cisgender, and that all races orbit around whiteness. I appreciate this community so much because it's where I learned to reject this myth. I appreciate this community because together we are not just going to question this myth, we are going to destroy it. The walls built in fear will crumble, they will disintegrate, the old world will shatter, and the pieces that no longer serve will melt. A new world will emerge, forged from this community, from their size, from your seismic imperative message that love is love. Okay, so so she's brave. She's brave. I mean, there's nothing braver than going in front of the people who hate normality and railing against normality um you you deserve a medal ma'am okay so you know what i love about sesame street gender they have all the letters gender revolves around cisgender what is cisgender what does that mean god's creation i reject i no. i reject the the label that you put on it add a label all you want it's just god's creation uh homosexuality revolves around straight gay revolves around straight and all races revolve around whiteness what did race have to do with anything first of all well you got to be intersectionality cool intersectionally cool and it's not a myth there's no myth to be debunked there's no myth to be fought against it's basic truth maybe we should get jamie and adam to come in and do a myth busters on maybe maybe i like if if it's true that whiteness makes you innately more powerful than blackness, then I'm much better than Robert Smalls. I just looked at his Wikipedia page, and that's not true. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Sorry. No. I didn't mean to pile on. But not at all. You're not even close. No, not even close. <laughs> Me neither. Not even close. That's the thing. If you If you dilute people down to melanin levels in their skin. Or how they identify their... Pronouns or, or what depraved sexual activity they participate in, you miss the forest for the trees. And to say, first of all, uh, the LGBTQIA plus ampersand division sign tilde group does not have a monopoly on the alphabet. Secondly, it is not virtual. You know, Norm Macdonald tells a very funny joke. Oh dear, and he said, you know. If uh, it was in San Francisco when he told the joke, I heard you. I heard you go into Norm Macdonald when you just said if uh. So so he's telling this joke in San Francisco, and he says, you know, uh, you know, uh, you got the pride parades out here. You know, if uh, if my if my kid came home um uh, and told me they were gay, I I I'd love them. I'd love them. I don't know if I'd be proud of them, but I'd love them. Uh, I don't know if it's really something to be proud of. I do not in any way endorse that joke. I don't either. I'm just repeating it. Here's the thing. This the idea that sexual depravity is something to be enjoyed and it is something to be um lifted up and idolized and honored and hallowed if you will 
just shows us more and more where we are as a society, and that is that we are backwards. We are calling good evil and evil good. It's almost like the prophet Isaiah was hearing straight from the mouth of God. And this all goes back, and I'll, and I'll circle back all the way to our first topic today, which was the passage of the Age Verification Act, the Child Online Safety Act here in the state of South Carolina, in the House of Representatives. Again, this ideology cannot be spread through procreation. We had the conversation on Monday about how parents indoctrinate their children. Inculcate may be the, may be the more appropriate word. But all education is, in, is indoctrination. No, I don't want to tell you how to think. I want to tell you what to think. Because if you don't know what to think, then you won't know how to think. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when parents who are a mom and a dad, procreate and have a child, that child will more than likely be raised in the ideas and the values and the moral codes of the parents. When it comes to this ideology, this is impossible to replicate through procreation. It has to be done through socialization, and through indoctrination of those who are not their own. This ideology is, can be very simply disbanded of and disposed of. And I believe that one of the key things we're seeing is in pornography, pornography makers and those who run these websites mm-hmm. are now bragging about the fact that they are taking straight men and funneling them to transgender material. Algorithms becoming more and more debate, becoming more and more debased in your desires without you even realizing it. That is a serious, serious matter, and and even more serious when it comes to children. I understand your argument that adults should be able to do whatever they want to do, and in the guise of a constitutional republic that has a bill of rights and a declaration of independence and a constitution. You're probably right under the law of the United States. You are wrong in the eyes of moral law. So there might not come a day where we are able to rid the world of pornography completely. But we have to start somewhere. And again, I want to applaud the 104 representatives today inside the South Carolina House of Representatives who voted to protect our state's children against pornography. 104 of them. Your representative was probably one of those. If your representative was the one, well, I'll tell you what to do for either one. Make sure to visit palmettofamily.org or you can download the Palmetto Family Council app. There, you can find a way to connect with your legislator and thank them for voting to protect children against the scourge of pornography in South Carolina. We don't want children to have access to these materials. If you want to learn more about Palmetto Family, you can do it. Palmettofamily.org is where you can go to learn more about what we're doing, our legislative initiatives, everything going on. You can watch and listen to the show there. You can also follow us on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all those. There you can watch and listen to the shows as well. And then, of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Give us the five-star rating and review that would help us out a lot share this with your friends and family these are conversations that need to be had 
We can talk about economics and immigration all we want. And those are good arguments, and those are good debates and good conversations, and we should have them. But these, these are the conversations that will ultimately reveal to us what the future of our country is. On Friday, make sure to join us. We're going to talk more about these bills, talk more about what's going on in the legislature here in South Carolina, and you will hear from Representative Fawn Petalino, who was a key voice in the vote to stop transgender ideologies push for gender-affirming care, puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and genital mutilation on children when she spoke at the well at the end of that debate before that bill passed the House of Representatives as well. Senate's got a lot of work to do after crossover. Just putting that out there. I'll close out my comments today on the fastest-growing and strongest talk show. There it is. In the Conservative state. talk show. Conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. Um, with a quote that I included at the beginning of a, one of our emails a couple weeks ago, talking about the ravenous wolf that's after your children. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, famous, gave his life to stop the spread of Nazism and Adolf Hitler, said this. He said, The test of the morality of a society is what it does for its children. Let me say that again. The test of the morality of a society is what it does for its children. My friends, we've got a long way to go in taking care of the children here at home. Yes, we are going to make sure they are fed and clothed and have a roof over their head. And, Justin, we, we've got work to do there. Yeah, There's certainly. no doubt. Certainly. I, I believe in expressing the heart of God. I haven't. We haven't eradicated poverty yet. That's correct. And And... You know, we've got things we can do there. Church, people of faith, courage, conviction of faith can rally around that. But if we are not willing to protect the eyes of the young and innocent from irreversible harm and damage being done to them through the ravenous wolf of the pornography industry, shame on us. However, I am so proud of the countless men and women of courage, conviction, and faith who have stood today and will stand for generations to come. For those of you listening right now, I'm proud of you. I'm grateful for you. God bless you. Keep on fighting. Until next time, that'll be Friday. You can watch us on Friday on Facebook or YouTube. And, of course, you can listen on the same platforms that you're listening now. We appreciate you joining us and making us the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. For Mitch Prosser, I'm Justin Hall. We'll talk to you on Friday. Have a good one.